0: Where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. You can call me at 1-800-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. And I am Big Shane Stud. Welcome to episode 218, Monday Night
1: Nitro. Something's gonna happen. Something. We're covering a Nitro, that means
0: something's gonna happen. Or maybe it's just a really good episode. Maybe. We shall see. We'll sh- we shall see. But usually, if it's a really good episode, it usually means <laughs> something. Something happens. Happen. Yeah. Hmm. This was the 51st episode of Nitro, produced by WCW. It would take place on September 2nd, 1996, from the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So one week off from full the year. full year. And this episode had a TV rating of 4.3. Not bad, not bad. And I believe that Raw was on hiatus mm, this week,
2: he probably had a dog show.: Yes, <laughs> I
0: think it was a do- dog show or Basket. tennis or something exactly. going on.: Yeah. So, yeah. Westminster.
1: Crazy. Westminster Tennis Show.: <laughs> Yes. I'd watch dogs play tennis. Who? Would? <laughs> I don't know.
2: I'd be intrigued. yeah, yeah. that'd be interesting.
0: Do they put it on their tail? Or do they hold it in their mouth? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But we are in Tennessee. Boy, are we ever. So Shane, did you do what you do?
2: Well, here we are. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Home of the Chattanooga Choo Choo. So I did what I do. And I looked up on the uh, old internet the official dessert of Tennessee. And it turns out it's something that I've always been intrigued by, but never actually tried. I've had different versions of it as far as like ice cream with the same flavor or a milkshake that we have at work with the same flavor using that ice cream. But I've never actually tried banana pudding.
1: you never had banana pudding? That's what this is? I'm yeah, excited. it's banana pudding. Damn, you never had banana pudding.
2: No, because I mean, I grew up in Nebraska and it wasn't really a thing that we had up there. And... I was a kid that was afraid of all kinds of things growing up and anything that didn't sound like it belonged together didn't get put in my mouth. So, yeah, you know, a little banana and,
0: and pudding didn't sound right to me. Oh, but it's so right. You want to hear the weirdest thing? My wife likes banana pudding as long as it doesn't have real bananas in it.
2: See, a lot of people like it. It's like people like the onion flavor without the onion texture. I, I like bananas, but I don't like banana flavored things typically, oh. like artificial banana flavor, but I'm willing to try it because, you know, the Runts candies and whatnot, I always put those specific ones aside because they just had too funky of a banana flavor or banana taffy I never liked. But here we go. Banana pudding. Let's try. So good. I love banana pudding.
1: Whoa. Okay. But does this one have real bananas in it? I don't, I don't think so. Think I don't so. think
2: so. Uh, this here is got It's got vanilla wafers, though. Oh yeah, wait. There's something at the bottom. Oh yeah, that's that's a wafer.
0: Yeah, there's a big wafer, big wafer at the bottom. <clears throat> yeah, yep. damn. Kind of I like love a, crust. I love yeah. banana pudding.
2: This here is from Old Clark Crew Barbecue.
1: Oh, I've actually had this before though. Yeah, I've
2: never, I've never eaten at Clark Crew, but I looked at banana pudding, and that was the the one that was ranked at the the top of the list on Yelp. So I figured, what the hell? It's on the way. Yeah, it's a solid barbecue Even better. spot. Solid barbecue spot for sure. Very good barbecue. <laughs> Uh, Might have to try them sometime. Hmm. Yeah, I could, I could definitely th- eat this more often. I am curious to know what it would taste like with the real bananas in it too. So even better. I mean, just
0: I was kind give, of gives that additional texture and flavor of a real banana. Do like a banana sposter pudding or something?
1: That'd be good for sure. The uh, people love the giant gas station bucky's yeah their barbecue sandwiches are bad but they have a banana pudding mm-hmm. that is great and it was the, it is the thing i would suggest if you go through one of those because you can get an okay barbecue sandwich or a bad barbecue sandwich and you not know you don't know what you're gonna get it's a grab bag but the banana pudding is always good it's hard to mess up
2: slapped every time huh absolutely absolutely yay snacks for the show now I was worried I wasn't gonna like it. I was gonna have to pass it off like Matt does with coffee. But
1: I understand though, like people not liking milk. the super, um, like a super strong fake banana flavor. This one doesn't isn't too strong. But I think sometimes they don't use banana flavored pudding. Sometimes it's just vanilla pudding with real bananas in it. <laughs> yeah, basically.
2: that was the quick easy recipe one that I had found. Where it's like just take a vanilla pudding cup. Add some sliced bananas and vanilla wafers, mix it together, and then serve. Like that's. But that's vanilla pudding with bananas. That's not banana pudding.
0: Yeah, but. I don't know. You get the flavor. Yeah. Usually if you chop the banana up enough. So it's throughout the entire thing. Score! Absolutely. Well, a few TV shows would also debut right around the same time as. This episode of Nitro. We got four of them. Okay. Huh? We got the animated series of Mighty Ducks and Superman. Never watched either of those. But the Superman one, like the WB one. That's Yeah, yeah that, that was a Based good show. Basically a continuation of Bat, the Batman. Yeah. The same style. And then they did like,
1: I think it turned into like
0: the Unlimited Yeah, thing. they went into Justice League. Yeah. And
1: those, were, those were good shows.
0: Yeah. But we also had Big Bad Beetleborgs.
1: Never watched that
0: Blue's Clues. Okay, now that one I have seen. Blue's Clues,
1: I think I was like a little too old for it, but my sister was like two years younger than me. So like Nick, Nick Jr. It's like, oh, like, you know, I saw a good amount of Blue's Clues. Good old Steve. I was a big fan of uh, Face.
2: Yes, I had to think (coughs) for a second there. Because I mean, I was way too old for Blue's Clues, but I have way too many nieces and nephews. I shouldn't say way too many. I have just the right amount of nieces and nephews. There you go. like tons. But yeah, I, I learned all about blues Clues, blue's Clues right from the start just because of all the, the uh, nieces and nephews and the fact that I have, well at the time I had several sisters that were doing daycare. So Blue's Clues was a big thing. Blue's Clues and Barney, baby. The male song was always my favorite. Yeah, I was to remember how it goes. Blues. We just got a letter.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, everything had the same song, it just had different words. <laughs> now,
0: Big Bad Beetleborgs,
2: guys.
1: I remember Battle, uh, what was the Transformers with t- tigers and monkeys? Uh-huh. <laughs> Beast Wars. Ah, Not okay. I remember Beast Wars. I mean, know, bad, be- big Bad Beetleborgs, I think I remember the toy commercials. I don't know if I ever actually watched the show
0: this is possibly the most insane show ever made. It's made by the same people who do Power Rangers. Okay. okay? But it's like a horror TV show combined with, like, Power Rangers. So these kids go and find this haunted mansion and they run into a ghost who ends up giving them the Granting them one wish, and they all wish to become their favorite comic book hero, okay. which happened to be the big bad Beetleborgs. And so then they fight off all of the other ghosts as their favorite superheroes. So are they wearing like
1: costumes or are they big beetles?
0: No, they're costumes. Okay. But they
1: turn into one big
0: beetle? Or no? No. <laughs>
1: okay. The Borg thing makes me feel like there's some kind of mech suit, a la
0: yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a mech looking suit.
1: Okay, I was thinking that like maybe they had like because the Power Ranger suits are just like spandex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. That's They're like a, cool. like a clunkier Power Rangers. Yeah. Got armor or whatever. But that, ah, okay. like each one of them
0: has like horns, like a like a. I didn't. Know, re- I didn't. I
1: didn't realize there was a like haunted house element to. No. But now I do remember I, seeing video I didn't either
2: covers
0: yeah. at Blockbuster because i literally just watched the first episode maybe like a year or so ago just to like see what it was see what it was and i was just like all flabbergasted like after watching one episode i was just like no like could not watch this to save my life so do
2: they do in typical power ranger style where it's you know american kids in this one scene, and then all of a sudden, they transform into the Beetleborgs, and it drops
0: in the footage. From yes, because it's combat yeah, that, footage from cat. a Japanese. Okay, show. that was my question as well. Because it's a Saban, it's a Saban show. So, like,
2: <laughs> and that's probably another reason why I never decided to watch it. Because you know, I had to watch several episodes of Power Rangers with the nieces and nephews, and then VR Troopers came along, and that was just terrible. The Air Troopers is pretty bad too. I, I never really felt the need to watch anything. You know, a Power Rangers movie came out, so I decided to watch that one because the nieces and nephews wanted to go to it.
0: And the movies are fun.
2: Then I was done from there because was like, all right, I'm almost in my 20s now. I don't have any kids, <laughs> of my own. I don't need to be watching yeah. any more Power Rangers. More of a uh, Godzilla guy.
0: <laughs> Did you ever watch the Mighty Ducks animated series?
1: I don't remember it. I saw both the movies in the theater. Knuckle Puck.
0: Cake Eater. I mean, they basically <sighs> instead of it being humans, it was oh ducks. It was actual ducks. I do they remember from that a, they were from another planet, universe, I something like, like they that. They were trying to do a
1: turtles thing, but with uh, hockey,
0: kind of. And like, they okay. ended up.
1: This does sound more familiar because I was trying to picture like animated children, but like playing hockey, hockey was a,
0: like a way of life on their planet uh... because it was, a, it was an icy planet. <laughs> They well they actually go through a portal and yeah, end yeah. up on yeah. Earth and then they become a legitimate NHL team.
1: That sounds kind of cute. Cool running.
0: Ian uh, Zyring actually voices the lead character,
1: who's uh old Steve, Steve Sanders? from
0: Steve Sanders from Nine Hundred Two One
1: Zero. Oh okay, I was like, I know that name, curly the the curly haired guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like yeah, it was interesting. I, ne- I never actually saw it either because it was a little bit. Yeah. Past my time of watching cartoons. If it was, I watched out. cartoons for a very long time, but
1: if it wasn't on Nickelodeon, I typically didn't really
0: care. I still saw
1: other things, but I basically was more into the gross Nickelodeon cartoons than anything else. I was definitely a Nickelodeon kid.
0: But, you know, those four shows, yeah. well, a sense of nostalgia. A couple that are uh, totally
1: memorable, Superman and uh, Blue's Clues, and superman is probably is still talked about in high regard today uh and then the mighty ducks didn't even remember it but jogged by memory and big bad beetleborgs couldn't have guessed that premise literally if, yeah, put, if, 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 if you put if, if, uh, yeah if you want to watch something that's my just head. the
0: weirdest thing ever i believe it's out there the pilots out there on youtube so
1: they fight they fight ghosts i'd like to see what the villains look like but i've got time to do that later <laughs> We've got wrestling to talk about, but you know, I'm curious to see what these their villains look like because I know what super, uh what Power Rangers villains look like. It's a giant pig with like a Roman hat on. Old pudgy pig! The first episode I ever saw.
0: It's one of the best episodes. Is it really? Yeah, it's that the works. only one I remember. I mean, he's, as, he's one of the most memorable. It's the only that, bad guy. Yeah, that's why I
2: remember it. A homeless witch running around a Spaceship? laboratory, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. It's been
0: 10,000 years I'm screaming but my mouth doesn't move to the words Yeah,
1: I like that they recast her with the like Ageless Elizabeth Banks For like (laughs) the more recent movie
0: Well let's talk some Nitro from September 2nd, 96 Flames go down the street with highlights in the back Till it blows up the Nitro logo I mean the intro Say it every time but I love it so Mm -hmm. much Tony Schiavone welcomes us to the show, and he's joined by the living legend, Larry Zbyszko on commentary. And they preview the matches on the show, before Tony sends us to footage from Nitro the previous week, where we see the NWO spray paint the production trucks. You know and what? Ted DiBiase showing up, watching from the crowd. They are some
2: pretty terrible spray painters they are so myself. bad at it
1: You <laughs> think they'd get some cardboard in practice yeah. yeah i know they're doing it like on the fly and there's a bunch of stuff going on but i mean yeah. i'd like to see their penmanship
2: i mean it just yeah it looks very sad it's like it takes away any of their their street cred or their their badness <laughs> because they're that terrible with the spray paint can. When in my memory, I was like, I remember them spray painting stuff all the time. But I guess maybe I just never paid attention because it was more of a what the fuck is happening here yeah, situation.
1: And yeah, you were you weren't quite uh, checking
0: on their uh, ability. But we go to our first match: Diamond Dallas Page versus Alex Wright. Das Wunderkind. Been a while, I feel like. We haven't seen him since Slambery ninety six, episode two oh one. Okay. Just so a little bit. Been a few weeks. And match gets going with Alex doing some kip-ups off of a wrist lock, so DDP nails him with a forearm. But Dust Wonder Keen retaliates with a spinning heel kick and a clothesline that sends Paige out to the floor. Wright follows out with a plancha and continues the attack with right hands and European uppercuts before rolling DDP in and following in with a slingshot splash for a two count.
1: I like seeing Alex Wright. You know, he's got a fun move set for WCW, especially in that period right before we start to get our cruiserweights. He was one of the flashier guys. Not as tenured, of course, but with the right guy, his stuff comes off clean. His definite, uh,
2: like, 90s porn Music, or, uh, oh yeah. Music yeah 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 the ed like yeah. not a, not afraid to bust into a little dance break no Does this is little you know pre-version of the floss or whatever it is <laughs> like conan, conan o'brien floss oh night. yeah uh, like not the thing that the kids started doing not the Fortnite dance or yeah.
0: whatever alex's whip is reversed but he comes off the ropes with a crossbody that page ducks sending a right flying into the ropes Allowing DDP to gain control with stomps, chokes, and a tilt-a-whirl side slam for a near fall.
1: And from what I hear, uh, Diamond Dallas Page has been messing around with the Guerrero family.
2: Yep, he's uh, pissing off Eddie, pissing off little Shabo. Yep.
0: Page hits a sit-out powerbomb for a two count, and he goes for the cutter. Only for Alex to shove DDP off into a corner. Catching him on the bounce back with a belly-to-belly suplex for a near fall. Wright hits some uppercuts, mounted punches, charges, and flips off of Page's chest. But DDP drops him with the diamond cutter out of nowhere. For the pin. And and the the win. win. Diamond cutter out of nowhere. Alex Wright shouldn't have
1: been trying to stunt on him Mm -hmm. with that fancy flip. I was like, what
0: what does this flip do for you?
1: He felt too good about it, and then he got diamond cuttered for it. I mean, you know, it was a good out for his loss, but Diamond Dallas Page is obviously... I mean... Yeah, Alex showing his youth there. Yeah, it's like I mean, they're talking about him having a feud with the Guerreros, so I didn't think that uh, Alex Wright was long for this world yeah. in this match. But it's a solid, solid first match. It's fun, it's quick, hard-hitting, and there's uh, some fun moves. And this crowd's hot. Uh, it's NWO fever. There's homemade NWO shirts probably for a while. Yeah. For, for through all of '96 until they make for enough nine. of them, yeah, until they make enough of them, and then people will purchase them.
0: We then get Mean Gene in the aisleway where he interviews the referee Nick Patrick, and Oakland interrogates him about possible slow counts in that last match, which I don't yeah. remember seeing any. No, but no. You know, but Nick Patrick is that's the is, story. That's is, the storyline that they're going with here. He, he's
1: suspect. Yeah. I mean, we all saw. Uh, Yeah,
2: the double shoulder block, whatever it was, to the knee. (laughs)
0: Hey, man, if it doesn't work the first time. (laughs) Patrick then brings up the controversy that Mean Gene continues to stir up. But if there is so much, why do I still have a job? Good point. Mm -hmm. Nick then talks about Randy Anderson, how he blew a call in a Hogan match. Is Oakland all over his ass? He's got points.
1: Put your money where your mouth is, Gene.
0: Patrick continues saying he is sick and tired of it, and all the things you're hearing about me are lies, before saying, if you're in the ring with me, you better follow the rules.
2: That's right. He's going to call it by the book. He's going to stick to the letter. All those other things. Right down the middle. Right down the middle.
0: We then go to break, where we get Mean Gene and Marcus Alexander Bagwell doing a merch commercial. But when we return to the arena, Oakrellin's in the locker room with Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry.
2: I gotta point out also on that commercial, they were seriously selling $40 shirts back in
1: 1996. It was a denim shirt. Yeah.
2: It was made out of denim. It was embroidered. I mean, I know it was stonewashed and all, but still. 40. It would be great to have one of... I'd my great... eyes at a $40 shirt now, so I was expecting 1996 to be a little cheaper, but I guess I wasn't buying $40 shirts back then either. Yeah. I'd love a long-sleeved denim
1: uh, Nitro shirt. That'd be fun.
0: And the Colonel says that Harlem Heat is going to be on their own tonight because he has gifts for his sweetie. A leather vest and leather chaps. And I was like, wonder what he has on his mind. Yeah,
1: bring out the game. I uh, like he calls her
0: Twinkle Eyes. <laughs> so we go to our second match. Greg Valentine hey, hey, hey. and Buddy Valentino versus Harlem Heat of Booker T and Stevie Ray for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. Greg we haven't seen the hammer since Royal Rumble ninety four. Damn. Episode one ten.
2: Greg's looking looking all right. Again. He doesn't look like he's aged today. He's never looked better than he does when he's in a WCW ring.
1: He's actually still held up today, if you've seen mm-hmm. any like it's like he's old, but like, you know, he's always been a barrel chested guy. He's not like super out of shape. He still has that Tiny little face, and they oh, um, just finally caught up s- to Supposedly, lips. he's one of the nicest, one of the nicest guys to do it. Uh, granted, you know we haven't really, we didn't really cover his heyday, but he's always been a solid, solid
0: hand. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So as the match gets going, we see Ted DiBiase make his way through the crowd to a seat at ringside.
1: Oh, shit. And, like I said, crowds are hot. It's NWO. We never know who's coming in, and Ted DiBiase. Well, you know, he's been partying over at the at the federation for the last decade.
0: Greg hits a back elbow and a chin lock on Booker before ducking a leg lariat, then delivering an elbow to the top of the head. The hammer with an elbow drop and a backbreaker before tagging in Buddy, who gets a boot to the gut by Booker T, allowing him to make a tag. And I noticed something that really bummed me out. Hmm. Greg's
1: trunks just say the hammer on the back of them but it's obviously spray paint and stencil and it made me very very sad that he deserves more than that what happened to his classic hammer trunks man Uh, they probably got a little funky (laughs) but uh i mean maybe he's just really cheap Eh, you know he hasn't been working uh regularly could be but it bummed me out i was like ah i want more for greg
0: Stevie Ray with some forearms, but then has his whip reversed, allowing Valentino to hit a dropkick. Stevie then reverses a whip, sending Buddy to the ropes, where Booker kicks him in the head from the apron, followed by an elbow drop from Stevie Ray.
2: Booker stretched that leg out 12 feet or something like
1: that. I mean, that dude's got, people talk about wingspan. That guy's got legs all the way up to his chin.
0: A running clothesline and chokes from Stevie, followed by a leg lariat from Booker T on Valentino for a two count. Harlem Heat keeps up the attack with a thrust kick from Booker, a scoop slam and side slam from Stevie Ray before a Harlem hangover from Booker T for the pin and And the win. win. We then get Mean Gene in the aisleway with Harlem Heat and Oakland says they will defend their belts versus the Nasty Boys at Fall Brawl with Stevie saying he's sick and tired of the Nasties getting in their business. It's It's been enough
1: time for for them to have another feud, right? I mean,
2: it's been been a little bit,
1: but... I just hope there's no garbage.
0: (laughs) Booker continues with that they finished them a while ago, and he doesn't know what gives them the courage to try again. And suddenly, Stevie Ray goes flying into the cameraman, and then into the ring, as the nasty boys attack from behind. They're the boys. They're beating Harlem Heat down, sending Stevie into the still steps, before hitting a spike pile driver on Booker T inside the ring. Nasty boys. Stevie Ray's back to his feet so the nasties go back out after him, brawling as we head to commercial break.
1: But not before the 1-800-Collect replay.
0: Oh, 1-800-Collect. I know. Back when you back... had to call
2: a number so that that number could call somebody for you so they could pay for that call. Yeah, oh, the, all the good old days. Remember the,
1: co- the Collect Wars of the 90s, oh, yeah. like 10-10... 10, 10 20 Yeah, 10 10 20 one call att Which one was the one uh, Had a Baby It's a Boy? Greatest commercial of oh, all yeah. time?
2: We still use that one occasionally.
1: Yeah. You remember that, Matt? I
2: have no clue. What it was like a
1: about. 1-8... I don't know if it was collect or ATT, but it was a collect call commercial, and you have like a few seconds to say your yeah. name. You have a collect call from Had I mean, know, know, a Baby it's a Boy. I, I know what a
0: collect call is. Yeah, but the, the joke was that like I they they the, just I had the kid, the but
1: they were calling like their parents or something to tell them. They're like, Had a Baby it's a Boy, but instead of... Paying for it, they'd say gotcha. that fast for the name, yep. and Atta Baby It's a Boy" was. Uh, I used to do that often. It's funny. It's a really, really yeah. good commercial.
2: Make that call because I had no change. Because after a while, the operators just got tired of connecting calls because your payphone, quote unquote, <laughs> ate your quarter.
1: Yeah, you're like, "Hey, uh, yeah, Mama, tree, <laughs> pick me up." <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. off work late. Yeah. Be home soon.
1: But it's it's so it's so clever
2: that they were like, oh,
1: like selling their service by showing ways to
2: cheat it because long distance was way too expensive
1: we all still remember it's not i guess two or three of us still remember it uh, to this day but (laughs) that's enough of the uh, collect call
0: corner we come back from the commercial and we get a glacier training montage Ooh! how long has this band been coming
1: he still hasn't debuted at this point (laughs) i know it's crazy and it almost looks like there's two different guys because like, they just show different clips of him, like, doing kicks or whatever. And then he had, uh like, nunchucks or whatever. And I was like, well, maybe there's two guys now, but it was just Glacier. Yeah. He was just
2: showing. It's like, what is he going to do with nunchucks? You can't use them in the ring. Oh, well, you'll see. Once he debuts, that's that's his moveset. And it's like, hi, I'm in the ring. I'm going to pretend to use nunchucks. Well, do the little nunchuck moves and my uh. karate chops. Like I'm doing in the little training montage. Yeah, I don't really remember much of Glacier matches. They've really
1: put a lot into these promos, though. They've been going on forever.
0: I believe he debuts the Monday after Fall Brawl. Okay. So he's got to debut before Halloween Havoc. Otherwise, it's
2: just, I said Havoc. (laughs) It's okay.
0: (laughs) And he basically disappears to Saturday night real quick. Really?
1: Yeah. They're like, ooh, it's kind of, he has just maybe a shorter reign than even the Shockmaster. Wait, so clock- yeah, the Shockmaster, was- they at least took the mask off and like put him into multiple pay-per-views. So. Yeah,
2: he's got the popularity of Renegade without the I'm-tied-to-Hulk-Hogan
0: factor to him. Oh, Renegade. We then go to our third match, Dean Malenko versus the Lionheart, Chris Jericho for this absolutely and Mike Taney joins the commentary booth for this match and we're also told that he will be a permanent part of the second hour in the booth from now on on Nitro
1: I mean, we're happy to hear it uh, we're all Mike Taney fans yep. uh, Mike Taney is a wrestling fan which doesn't happen all the time in wrestling looking at you Eric Bischoff
0: so the two start the match with some fun mat wrestling and arm wrenches when Chris would hit a back suplex. They would then start running the ropes with athletic leapfrogs and roll-throughs, only for Jericho to nail a reverse enziguri, a spinning heel kick, and multiple other kicks. But Malenko catches his leg finally and drops Jericho with a back suplex and a brain buster for a two count. Easy
1: W. There's some fans out there that know what it is, and we're in Tennessee. And they got yeah maybe maybe they get ECW on channel fifty three or something out there, uh, but there's a couple ECW chants at AE. maybe the first ECW chants we've heard outside of an ECW ring.
0: Uh, I think there's been some. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, yeah. yeah. The when w- you had, w- like, show.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The w- when they were in w- films, when you had Public Enemy when they first came on. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, and then th- there was also that show more recently where the long hair guy was uh, it a show and then. On ECW. The King of
0: the Ring was in Philadelphia, and I think Uh, there was a chance for ECW that night, too.
1: Yeah, I think the long hair guy was there, and uh, somebody, I think Shane Douglas or Taz, gave him shit at, at an ECW show for going to a WWF show.
0: Fun stuff. So Dean's stomping away on Chris, and he begins to wear down Jericho with holds as DiBiase decides he's seen enough of the show and leaves up the stairs to the concourse. And I was like. This is the match you're gonna leave on, yeah. Like,
2: well, I mean, you know, the NWO doesn't have a an affiliation or a fondness for the the cruiserweights. They're there to destroy the cruiserweight division. So, at least that's the way the cruiserweights eventually feel. So, this is planting that seed. Is, <laughs> is how I saw it.
1: The uh, yeah, I mean, the first two matches weren't bad, but uh, for TV matches. But this is Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. This is fucking good.
2: Yeah, this is a pay-per-view-worthy, like, match-up. Maybe that's what it is, is, you know, I can't contend with these guys. These guys are too good. These guys would have been great during my 1987-1988
0: run, where old Ted DiBiase was treated like a superstar. Malenko has a head scissors on, and he's using leverage from the ropes for a little extra help. But Jericho is able to get to his feet with Dean on his shoulders for an electric chair drop. Malenko rakes the eyes to slow the momentum, and he nails a butterfly suplex for a near fall, before applying an ab stretch, pulling on the ropes for leverage here as well, only for Chris to hip-toss Dean to escape it. Jericho goes after Malenko, but he's pulled into a turnbuckle before charging into a big boot in the corner, allowing Dean to deliver a springboard bulldog for a two-count. Malenko then hits a crossbody to Chris on the ropes that sends them both tumbling over to the floor. Dean rolls Jericho into the ring, but Chris is up to stop Malenko on the apron with right hands, takes him down with a baseball slide before flying over the ropes with a springboard crossbody. They then return to the ring with Jericho leaping off the top turnbuckle with a missile dropkick for a nearfall. He goes for a tombstone, but Dean reverses it into one of his own, For several two counts. Dean then sends Jericho to a corner, who leaps up and over a charging Malenko, followed by taking him over with a bridging German for a near fall.
1: I like the mix of cheers and jeers for Jericho. It's like he's newer here, but like crowd's not fully behind him or, you know, against him. It's like neither of these guys feels like a full heel or
0: face. Chris hits a spinning wheel kick, followed by the two men fighting over a waist lock, only for Jericho to reverse it into a wheelbarrow victory roll. For the pin. In and the win.
1: So they're working on making Chris Jericho a big blonde baby face?
0: Heck yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, he sure looks like one at the moment. Yeah, he he definitely looks more at place than when we were seeing him in ECW. I mean, he, he was at ease in ECW, but he just looks looks great under the brighter lights in WCW. Oh
1: yeah. And, you know, doesn't help that yeah, doesn't hurt that Dean Malenko is on the other side of the ring, for yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's only a few other people that could be better that would be better for to like to do the job for him. Obviously, Benoit is not going to do it on TV at the moment since he's in the Horsemen and yeah. a more a little more established, but like those those three guys, it doesn't matter who's on either side of the ring, you're going to get a solid match. And if it's on pay-per-view, probably a great match.
0: Shivani then sends us to a video package about Rey Mysterio and Super Callow, where we get highlights from both men shown from various shows. And then we go to a commercial, followed by a WCW Saturday night ad. Steve McMichael takes on John Tinta. Ooh! The Blue Bloods have split up. Mm-hmm. So Already? Squire David Taylor and Earl Robert Eaton will battle. Plus Jericho and Macho Man and more will be in action.
2: Mmm. RIP, Blue Bloods. I know. They were too short. Yeah. I mean, they lasted probably longer than I thought they would have just because of the... It started off with... Wasn't that what Regal and Hunter were called? Were they yeah. the Blue Bloods to start off with? Yeah. So, I mean, they'd already gone through a couple different iterations.
1: Yeah. But I just meant <clears throat> the more recent one.
2: Yeah. Earl Robert of Eaton.
0: <laughs> we then go to our fourth match. Brad Armstrong. It's Brad! Versus the Giant with Jimmy Hart. That's a mismatch. And we haven't seen Armstrong since Slambury 96. And poor Brad's gonna eat Episode 201.
1: The... Poor Brad's gonna eat the pin.
0: A little bit. Brad tries to use his speed advantage. Sliding under the Giant and hitting multiple drop kicks but just gets shoved away. Armstrong goes for a waist lock, but the giant again uses his power to shove Brad to a corner for forearms, turnbuckle smashes, and boot chokes. We then see a black limo pulling up outside of the arena. Who could it be? While the giant continues the punishment in the ring. Armstrong's picked up, but he wiggles his way free to attempt a sunset flip, but the giant just picks him up by the throat, to throw him down. Brad is then tossed to the floor followed by the giant dragging him back up to the apron by his hair. Only for Armstrong to hot shot the big man across the top rope. Brad then comes off the top turnbuckle with a missile dropkick that staggers the giant. Yeah! And Armstrong charges in only for the giant to grab him again to deliver a chokeslam for the pin and, and the win. win.
1: Nobody gets up from the
0: chokeslam. And we see the limo still outside as we head to break. But when we come back, the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. It's in black and white and Hogan's on a stage saying that they don't have to sneak around anymore. They don't have to hide in the shadows. We are the champions of the world. We've got the NWO belt. And we left the giant laying... And the hole in WCW is going to fall to our feet. After I beat the Giant and the dirtiest player in the game, they were both crying. The world crybaby wrestlers. At War Games versus the establishment of WCW, Sting will be stung. Luger will be hung. Flair won't even be there. And Arn won't be Arn anymore. You gotta change with the times but when we get you in the cage we're gonna bring you up to speed i know what works now you have to take what you want and you have to bond together for business reasons only the way the establishment bonded it made me cry a little bit but it was real real weak what you gonna do in war games when the nwo destroys you anything less would be civilized Uh, I like the weird, like, um,
1: very '90s. Like, it's just him, like in like a photo shoot style looking room, and it's just like a bunch of different angles and quick cuts. Yeah, it's got a uh, yeah a
0: a gorilla esque (laughs) style of filming for sure. Feels kind
1: of like music video ish,
0: but for a promo. The timer and pyro then goes off for hour number two of nitro. So Eric Bischoff, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Mike Tanay are now our commentators. And they recap last week's Nitro, where we again see the production trailer being spray-painted. Dibiase flashing the number four and five. Hmm. Followed by the NWO coming out to beat up the Horsemen, Sting and Luger, before taking over the broadcast booth. We then head to our fifth match. Ron Stud versus macho man Randy Savage and we haven't seen stud since world war Three, nineteen ninety five, 1995 episode 173 when he was the yeti
2: oh the yeti oh
1: i was like who is ron stud he's the yeti he is the yeti the uh, the humping mummy himself that's right, that's right. The mummy the
2: what was his next he, little he costume? Was a ninja. That? Yeah, he That's was what it was. Ninja next. And now he's
0: <laughs> Big Ron stud. Right? I mean, he should be protege just...
2: of Big John.
1: He's no Big John
0: stud.
2: No. He's definitely not Big John stud. But here we go.
0: <laughs> so Ron uses his size advantage early on with four arms across the back. He is big as hell. A double choke lift and ramming Macho into turnbuckles. We go outside, and we see the Outsiders and Hogan getting out of the limo, with them acting like another person is in there, but they close the door so the camera can't see inside. Back to the action, Stud goes to throw Stavage out of the ring, but the ref stops him, so he just power slams him down for a two count. And Ron starts to argue with the ref, which allows Macho to recover and pulls Stud through the ropes to the floor. Or savage flies off the top with a double axe handle
1: with
2: a double sledge
1: Mike Tanay says that ron stud was in the new japan dojo i was like he obviously didn't last long hmm.
2: maybe that's where you met john john <laughs> seems like he would have been like not total pun intended but a big hit in japan
1: he's a big guy yeah, yeah he probably could have made some money there but yeah, I don't it know. kept
2: bugging me because Eric kept saying, at least I noticed Eric saying it over and over again, calling it a double sledge, and in my mind I kept saying, it's a double axe handle. It's a double axe handle, not a double sledge.
0: Back in the ring, Macho hits a body slam and the Savage elbow drop. For the pin. And, and the, the win. win. Wrong with that late kick.
1: He
2: tried. A little too late, but he, he tried.
0: Mean Gene then interviews Savage in the aisleway. And Oakland mentions that Macho has the Giant at Fall Brawl and then Hogan at Halloween Havoc. I
1: mean, they're booking they're booking matches like that that far out.
0: And Savage says that the Giant couldn't handle the pressure of defending WCW. So he will take over from here on out before guaranteeing victory in both of those matches. I
1: do think it's weird that Macho's just mad at the Giant for like losing. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I get it, but like now you want to beat him up for losing instead of just going for Hogan. Your Macho Man Randy Savage. You pretty much have carte blanche for a title match at any point in your career. Yeah. Between the Slim Jim sales and the quality and fame of uh, your long-tenured career, you can always have that
2: match. I just wish Randy would remember that. He didn't beat Hogan right away either. He had to lose to him a few times. Not that I'm you know, standing yeah. up for the giant, but come on. He's, he's a young 20-something who's just finding his feet. We all know that Randy's intense
0: and uh, <laughs> doesn't like it when he doesn't get what he wants. We then go to our sixth match. Sting and Lex Luger versus the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott. And before the match gets going, we cut to the back where the four horsemen are going after the limo. But there's nobody inside as we head to break.
1: Where are they? I always mistake the woofs for boos at first. Every time. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, know they're woofs. Because, uh... Rick. Because Rick.
0: Because
1: woof woof. But they sound like boos at first. And I'm like, why would you boo the Snyder Brothers?
0: We then get a Fall Brawl War Games commercial. But when we come back to the action inside the ring... Woo, woo. Rick shoves Lex off of a collar and elbow where he barely grazes Nick Patrick, who calls for the DQ victory for the Steiners.
2: Son of a bitch.
0: Nicholas. I mean he said he was gonna call it down the line. Yeah, he was I mean... gonna call everything by the rules. He touched a ref. Everybody's yelling at him, including the Steiners who don't even want the win that way. Mm-mm. And Lex and Stinger then stalk after Patrick down the aisleway. I
1: mean, it's a great way to get Nick Patrick heat mm-hmm. because if it wasn't working, it works here. It's Lex Luger and Sting versus the Steiner brothers. Like, you Who doesn't want to see Yeah, you players. couldn't have like four people in the ring that you'd rather see fight, really, even like in this whole roster. Yeah. And it goes a few seconds and then gets DQ. So whether you thought he did the right thing or not, you're pissed because...
2: You just robbed me of this yeah. fucking match. I want to
1: see Lex and Sting and the Steiner Brothers as often as I can get it. As long as it's not every week. Mm-hmm.
0: We then go to our seventh match. The Dungeon of Doom of Kevin Sullivan, Big Bubba, and the Faces of Fear of Ming and the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart versus the Four Horsemen of the Nature Boy Ric Flair, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, the Crippler Chris Benoit. And Steve Mongo McMichael. Doesn't even have a good nickname. With woman, Miss Elizabeth and Deborah.
2: See, I wish they would have called him the Mongo, Steve McMichael. <laughs> <The> <laughs> Ma- <laughs> that's really good. Uh, it would have fit in a little yeah. better, at least.
1: So, if they're the four horsemen, what do you call these uh, three women? The,
0: think about it. I don't have anything off the top uh, of my head. I was like, like the, trying
2: to think of the first thing that came to mind, but nothing came to mind. Yeah.
0: So, Mongo gets taken down by Sullivan followed by a double stomp. But Michael comes back with a shoulder tackle before trying a second rope double stomp of his own, only for Kevin to have moved. Big Bubba tags in, and he knocks Mongo into the ropes before nailing a boss man straddle.
1: And in these first, like, 30 seconds, Mongo botches so much, it looks like he's doing it on purpose. It looks like he's just not playing ball, yes. but I think he's just an incredibly bad wrestler and should not be starting the match. Yeah,
2: and should not be a horseman.
1: Well, absolutely not. But the horseman, the last horseman was like Lex Luger, really. Like after that, it's just like, oh, it kind of changes. But like...
0: It was Paul Roma, sir.
1: I know. And I was the defender of Paul Roma. But I will say that like the last like true horseman, it probably ends with Lex. And then it... And uh, then... Barry,
0: Barry was after Lex, wasn't he? Oh, maybe.
1: But like up to that to point, And then it's just like the horseman is just kind of like, it's not really the horseman. But it is because Rick, like Rick and. Um,
2: I really Arne like there. The, the potential of the Flair, Arn, Chris. Chris, like Pillman, rotating Pillman, Malenko option.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pillman, if he stuck around, would have been really cool here. But, you know, we all know that.
2: Yeah. Malenko's got the skill set, but he just doesn't have the personality to be a horseman.
1: Yeah, and if, Pillman, if they did it longer with Pillman, and Pillman could have been. The wild card And they like drag out the wild card thing To the point where like they can't handle it anymore It would have been cool Pillman also would have been a Like granted We're gonna get Crow Sting But Pillman would have been the great guy Hiding in the rafters Without anything on at all Except for just looking like a fucking dude At like a fucking grunge show With a baseball bat Like he would have done that Probably even better than Sting did Uh, But we all know the Pillman yeah, fate. And if you don't, just keep
2: listening. Raven looked to him. Yeah.
1: Except for <laughs> except for, you know, he's great. Standing
2: out there with a cane with his yeah. He
1: looks like Raven but has the charisma of flair, whereas <laughs> yeah. like Raven has the charisma of a fucking baked potato. A dry baked potato.
0: <laughs> Big Bubba then slides out to the floor only for McMichael to deliver a left jab he's like laying on the ropes and he just kind of like sticks his arm out i guess i guess i have to do this during my paycheck weakest looking jab ever Uh, mongo then hits an atomic drop on the floor before rolling back in to hit a back body drop the crippler tags in but bubba uses a thumb to the eyes to take benoit to the opposite corner for the barbarian to tag in and barbie gets into a chop exchange before sending the crippler to another corner charging in only for Benoit to avoid and hit a released German. The Crippler goes up to the top rope where Sullivan intervenes, allowing the Barbarian to climb up to the top, where Benoit headbutts him back off to the mat, followed by a diving headbutt for a two count. Nate and Ming both tag in as the cameras have found Nick Patrick still being chased outside of the building by Sting and Luger. But he doesn't get into the limo, Instead, ducks behind a semi-truck, only for Stinger Luger to see Ted DiBiase getting into the limo. Oh, it's confirmed. It's confirmed. And the Stinger grabs a cinder block and throws it through the door window Fucking as the limo drives off.
1: Awesome. Yep. He just, like, picks up a rock, doesn't even think about it for a second, and just slams it through the back window. It actually... We have all know that from here to at least two thousand limos become abundant but he does he has this like that one limo
0: you got a target on your back
1: yeah but like his brick throw actually feels feels real yes whereas a lot of these backstage segments uh don't come off as visceral as they're supposed to this one like it's like he threw he just yeah i did that was the last thing i expected and it went straight through that window
2: and I'm also very glad that you wrote the words in the notes here that it was the door window, because once again, Eric Bischoff, repeatedly after it happens, talks about Sting throwing a brick or a brick-like object through <laughs> the windshield. The windshield, the windshield, the windshield. So like, it's like, it's no, not the fucking it's, it's windshield. It's not the windshield. It's, it's the a window. It's, it's it the, the wind. very back passenger, like,
0: <laughs> door. So as the is driving off, Sting and Luger are like, we gotta give chase. <laughs> so they hijack a police car and drive off after them. Yeah. I'd love to hear that APB from the Chattanooga police. I
2: don't remember which one of the announcers, but yeah, as it was happening, it was, and Sting, and Luger, or Sting and Lex are going to jail.
0: Yeah, we've got two
1: <laughs> two large men uh, uh, in, in face paint. and uh, face paint uh, in driving a, a uh,
0: yeah. police car. Yeah.
1: Uh, possibly on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quote unquote. <laughs> possibly. Uh, possibly on cocaine. I mean, if you're still in a cop car, you better be on drugs. Yeah. Or at least dressed like that, I guess. Yeah. At least as big as Lex Luger.
0: <laughs> Back in the ring, the Nature Boy is being pummeled by Ming before they go to a test of strength.
1: Rick, I don't know if you're going to win this one. Yeah. But you might cheat your way out of it.
0: But all of Ming's is in his big head as Flair goes low, Uh-oh. followed by low blows to Sullivan and the Barbarian as well. The Enforcer tags in to take on Ming, where he goes low before hitting a DDT, makes the cover, But the ref is distracted allowing the dungeon to stomp on double a to break up the pin barbie tags in to beat down arn with a scoop slam an elbow drop and places anderson in a tree of woe for a sullivan running knee strike now big bubba's working over anderson with right hands mean goes for a pile driver but the enforcer counters it into a back body drop which mean counters into a sunset flip only for double a to sit down on his shoulders but they're in the ropes, allowing Bubba to deliver more right hands as we head to commercial.
1: Glacier is coming.
0: Before heading back to the action, where Arn fires up with a shot to Big Bubba's knee, allowing him to make the tag to Benoit, who whips Bubba to a corner before going after Sullivan, which allows the dungeon to begin beating him down once again. Ming hits an atomic drop, Barbarian with a power bomb for a near fall, Big Bubba with a spine buster, only for Flair to come in and break up the cover. but it does allow Kevin to toss the crippler out to the floor. And as
1: we know, these guys have had a feud. They've talked about it on commentary. Uh, you know you might know some stuff behind the scenes, but Kevin and Chris
0: have a feud a on blood. screen
1: and uh, one off off the screen.
2: A little bit of bad blood there. yeah.
0: Barbie looks to do more damage, but the Nature Boy protects him momentarily with a chair, forcing the dungeon to roll Benoit back into the ring. Sullivan then hits a clothesline for several two-counts. Bubba with a scoop slam, and he comes off the second rope, only for the Crippler to get a boot up to the chin on his way down. Now Kevin and Benoit exchange vicious chops, but a low blow by Sullivan brings Barbarian back in with headbutts for a near fall. Now Ming takes over, only to miss a clothesline, allowing the Crippler to come off the ropes with a crossbody for a two count. And Benoit makes the crawl to his corner, only for Big Bubba to cut off the tag with an elbow drop and chokes. But the Enforcer comes in and gives a true SPINE Barbie has also come in to continue choking on the Crippler, allowing the dungeon to keep control where the faces of fear go for stereo flying headbutts. But Benoit sits up to avoid, and makes the hot tag. tag. flare with chops and right hands to everybody, shinbreaker to Sullivan before applying the figure four, while everybody else brawls out to the floor, including the crippler back body dropping Bubba and punching Jimmy Hart. Fucking right. Knock his ass out. Ben Wall starts yelling at woman to help Nate if she's really for the horseman. So she climbs through the ropes to provide some leverage to the nature boy to cause Kevin's shoulders to stay on the mat. For the pin! And, and the, the win. win! Post-match. The NWO hits ringside and starts beating down everybody, including the ref.
1: Bobby Heenan leaves the announces can fear.
0: Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the giant comes running down to the ring, staring down the NWO. But he then grabs the barbarian by the throat for a chokeslam, followed by a chokeslam to Ming. And the giant and Kevin Nash embrace, and it's official. The giant is number five. Call him Johnny, baby. Suddenly, Macho Man storms the ring with a steel chair, nailing Hall, Nash, and the giant, before turning his attention to Hogan. And Savage charges in with a swing of the chair. Only for Hollywood to duck and take Macho down. Followed by a low blow. And the NWO go back to work at keeping the Horseman and the Dungeon at bay. While Hogan nails Savage with the chair multiple times. Easy Giant then then slams Macho before Hollywood hits three leg drops on him. Followed by spray painting NWO on his back. And a yellow streak down his spine.
1: So Ted was distracting Alex and Sting, so they could take these guys
0: out. The NWO then make their way to the broadcast area, where the Giant explains that DiBiase offered him more money than the WCW. In the Dungeon of Doom, four horsemen make their way to the booth to start the brawl up once again. But once it clears out, Hollywood returns to the announce table to say... Whether you like it or you don't, it's the best thing going today. They then turn the table over and walk out as we fade to black.
1: Macho Man getting spray painted is a big deal. That guy has some anger issues. If you've ever watched wrestling at all.
0: Hmm. So fun fact, the fifth member of the NWO was originally supposed to be Davey Boy Smith. But he had re-signed with WWF. Huh. I did not know that. Interesting.
1: I guess they wanted a big guy. Nobody's bigger than the Giant in this company. I mean, size-wise. Of course, uh, David Boy Smith would be a much bigger deal for him to show up out of nowhere because everybody knows who he is. He doesn't have
0: quite the... Well, it also would have made a lot of sense since... The NWO should be people
2: that are from...
0: Other, the other company. Yeah. For sure. I agree with that. Yep. And now we have the giant as the fifth member, which... If you can't beat him join him Basically.
2: Yeah. Since they couldn't get the crossover big guy, they just went for the biggest big guy.
1: They, yeah. yeah.
2: They've already been yeah.
1: pushing and none of
2: it's really worked in any real way. If you can't get Brett to be your third man, then you know maybe get his brother-in-law to be your fifth man. But if you can't get your third man or your first choice third whatever i'm trying to say i get it yeah then just go for the giant i already feel over the nwo <laughs> just saying welcome to 1996 i know i was like i'm already <laughs> over it,
1: or the nwo
2: you know you've got damn so many fact, more that's a good feeling so many more members to go through <laughs> just saying
0: yeah so i ask you gentlemen what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Nitro from September 2nd, 1996.
1: Solid wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a solid show. There's angles. There's solid television matches. There's nothing, like, in the ring that you, like, have to see, but there's nothing in the ring that, like, you're super bummed about. And anything that goes.
0: Oh, then maybe Mongo,
1: Mongo, and then like the like giant squash. But the giant squash makes sense. Yeah, like I'm not mad at it. But the first few matches, like the tag match is good. The opening match with Diamond Dallas Page and Alex is good, and of course Malenko and Jericho is good. And Jericho got a big, pretty big win on mm-hmm. television.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with all of that. It just it was a very storytelling show setting yeah. up for for fall brawl yeah in modern day wrestling they're getting better at telling stories again now where we had had so many years of just quick flash in the pan blink and you miss it storylines like or what's on the pay-per-view invested nothing in or it cared nothing about and this one this one show here sprinkled you know a little bit of all these different things going on in wcw and made it or they did it in a, a way that made it easy to watch, made it fun to watch, made it to where I didn't feel the need to skip forward over anything because, all right, I've had enough of this 20-minute nothing match.
1: Yeah, nothing outstated. its welcome. And like you said, it was everything was sprinkled throughout the show as opposed to stopping the show for 30 minutes to give you all of this information. It's like, for instance, currently on WWF, like the best parts of the show are are gonna be like a Cody segment or a um, Bloodline. or a Bloodline segment, and it's like oh you might have to wait the whole show to get like your Bloodline segment that's like fifteen or twenty minutes long, which even though it's typically they've typically always been good, some better than others of course, but like the the sprinkling of the stuff throughout it and then a culmination or maybe like your five or ten minute in-ring promo instead of it just like being the whole thing everybody's been waiting for and then giving to it all at one time they may have tapped out before they got to that point because you're not always giving them very much mm. at the very least you giving them very little wrestling
0: I mean you guys nailed this on the head with y'all's thoughts I mean what little bit of wrestling that's on this show it's good there's literally nothing that's, I mean... The last match
1: is a little, like, long and sloppy. I mean, but it's, it's a little long and sloppy, but it's, it's actually... A lot of people, yeah.
0: Like, but it's an eight-man tag. How many eight-man tags are not long and sloppy, usually? Yeah, I mean, then
1: it's not like a Japan eight-man tag where there's, like, a formula, typically. Like, these guys do this all the time. They know what they're yeah. doing. Uh, there's not a whole lot of... When was the last time he saw an eight-man tag in WCW? Can't even think of one.
0: I mean, we don't get to see them that often, so... No. But yeah, I mean, the storylines that were built up on the show, I mean, continuation of Nick Patrick, NWO adding members. I mean, that's that's the big yeah. The distraction, that's the big thing yeah. is who's in the limo. The distraction of Sting and Lex
1: was done really well. Yeah, and like you, they don't even like I don't even know if they point out that it was a distraction, but like it's obvious that that's what the whole, what the whole purpose was. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Nick Patrick through the match. So they would chase him, and he ducked out of the way, and they saw Ted, and it was all planned out to get them out of there, so NWO could actually beat everybody down, where, where it would be less of a chance of them being able to pull that off with uh, Sting and Luger around, considering that they are top guys.
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? Yeah, there. All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. Woo-hoo. So, what are some of the best <laughs> moments of this show? Did we give Nick Patrick an MVP?
2: I mean, he's he was very surprising. Yeah. Remind me, is he the one? His dad was assassin. Or... Yeah, Jody yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, cat. Yeah. I was trying to remember that. Yeah, he he had a a nice little star-making performance on this show. Just... I mean,
0: that's the reason why his promo. I mean, he's pretty He's good. cut promos before because he used to be a wrestler. Yeah, so... and his promo was
2: solid,
1: and he knew what he knew, like what he was. Gonna say, and he obviously knew that it was important, so he like, it wasn't a sloppy Ric Flair promo. Because
0: literally everything he said is completely true, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like we know we don't want to like you. Yeah,
2: yeah. He did it in the the manner and the attitude of, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, and he also, <laughs> and
1: then and then he pissed everybody off after that. We're right. like, okay, well, I guess he's not lying. And then all of a sudden, he stops, gives everybody blue
0: balls for a match they want to see.
2: Stings brick through the window. <sighs> yeah, loved right.
0: it. Diamond Cutter out of nowhere. Yes, absolutely.
2: The Jericho bridging German was very beautiful to watch. Absolutely, that entire match was just yeah, yeah. That's was like super fun. That's I mean, it's a great TV match.
1: Super quality television match. I mean, like that's the kind of stuff you want to see on television wrestling. Absolutely. A competitive match worked well uh, with a upset win. They. It doesn't mean that the Malenko can't get his win back. He was just bettered that night.
0: How about most disappointing?
1: Mongo. The beginning of that match where Mongo starts, and I legitimately thought he just like wasn't playing ball because he botched so much that he was just like mad and trying to fuck stuff up. But it's like that doesn't make any sense. This match obviously uh, matters. It's a bunch. It's all for like storyline, but there is still like the Kevin and Chris stuff and. It's the four horsemen, so it should always matter. And Mongo just walking around like a, you know, a toddler in a blindfold.
2: Yeah, we've uh, in recent years we've watched what like a ten-year-old or twelve-year-old wrestle a tag team championship match at WrestleMania with less botches than Mongo (laughs) had in the first moments of this match. Three minutes of this match. (laughs) Yeah. Glacier is coming. Glacier. Glacier, glacier. Yeah. uh, Disappointment. I can't wait till when we say that Glacier came. Like a (laughs) rat.
0: I mean, even though not getting not getting this the tag match, it's disappointing. Even though I know that it's good heat building.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those things where it's like it's like they're doing this on this TV show, and I was like, oh, I get why. Like, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. As soon uh, as it
0: happens, I'm like,
1: I get it. Okay, makes sense. Because it's like, who's gonna lose here? You don't really want to. You don't want the Steiners to take a loss (laughs) on television. Davy Boy not being the fifth
0: guy Yeah, like literally as soon as I read that, I was kind of like, that would have been good. That would have been very cool. Yeah, because that really makes makes me wonder much more sense.
2: What NWO would have been like with Davy Boy in it? I
0: mean, he would have been. He would have been the U.S. champ guy.
1: He also would have been the best wrestler in the group. Yeah, as far as like in ring work goes, I mean it's. Scott Hall, like we all know Hogan or, can work, but Hogan does Hogan.
0: Or so, like he have... it's a different
1: thing. Would
0: they, would also the thought process is because if the original idea was probably not probably Brett. definitely to have former WWF guys in the NWO. Yeah. Would they have stopped at seven or eight instead of just Everybody. continuing to grow? When like literally, it's like. Who's not in the NWO? Yeah.
1: yeah. Have you ever watched WrestleMania? You're in. Yeah, for uh-huh. real. It's like yeah, if it was if they only stuck to that formula, it probably could have. But been once more they opened it up with the giant, it's
0: kind of like, well, now we can just kind of bring in whoever. If, you it, know. Just, it makes me
2: wonder with Davey Boy if he would have been the fifth member. Would that have led to his downfall quicker, being onto or on the? the same faction with Scott Hall and the party habits that he was known for having I mean, the two possible. of them Yeah, for sure. Yes, so, I mean it, it has its positives that he wasn't there even though he wasn't long for the world but better on paper than the Giant yeah, for sure. Yeah, it still makes me wonder what the hell it would have been like. David But Boy I mean the, Gi- the thing
0: white. the other side of that is I mean I think you're saying it wouldn't have been the Giant but I'm thinking of the positive things that the Giant would have remained as a contender to Hogan, yeah, you know, yeah. Instead Absolutely. of just being like, "Well, it's the giant." <laughs> yeah, he has nothing. He has nothing to do now because yeah. he he's just a lackey. He can't contend for he's not the belt. A believable
2: baby yeah. face yet.
0: How about <sighs> best performer of the night. I mean, you mentioned Nick Patrick earlier. I I don't hate that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was just him. kind of a
1: fun MVP. But I mean, we probably give it to maybe Chris.
0: I mean, Jericho. Wrestling wise, it's definitely Jericho. Mm-hmm. Storyline wise, Nick probably make... or... Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's a hard call. There's there's several that are are worthy. Absolutely.
0: How about most surprising?
2: See, I was gonna put the whole Davy Boy fifth member thing just because I had no clue yeah. that was even a thing. That's
1: a kind of like yeah, thing. the thing that you brought to it. But for on the show, it was nice to see the hammer.
0: Yeah. That's, that was my surprise. I was like, ah,
1: oh, just good to see him.
0: Like, he popped up, and I was just all like... oh, I love oh, the hammer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, just it was a, it was a little warm, fuzzy feeling.
2: Nasty Boys are back already.
1: But the Nasty Boys, if they're not in a trash match, can be good. Mm-hmm. They're a good tag team. It's just as... If Heat and them have a match that doesn't involve a concession stand, I'm not opposed to it. Making their way to the ring...
0: It's trivia time. So this week the category is pay-per-feud.
2: We are back and it's time to play the feud left
0: Five points if you name the show with the first match that I give you. Points descend with each match given. So the first match is Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad. Oh, I know the promotion.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not know. the Ninety-three, show. ninety-four. Correct.
0: Correct. I'll take the second one. Mm-hmm. Second match: the Horsemen of the Enforcer, Arn yep. Anderson, and Paul Roma, versus the Hollywood Blondes of Stunning Steve Austin and Flying Brian Pillman, for the WCW and NWA World Tag Team Championships. Damn.
1: Got a year in my mind. Need the name of the show Yeah, And you haven't give me any stipulation matches So it's probably not a Havoc I don't mm. know And I don't know why I'm giving that away either But that's my thought
2: I've got a show in mind I just don't know for sure If that's the right one Because yeah I'll take the next one
0: Alright for three points Ravishing Rick Rude Versus The Natural Dustin Rhodes For the Vacant wcw united states heavyweight championship in a 30 minute iron man match <laughs> i think i might just gamble here
2: go for it if you feel it
1: the only problem is i'm just gonna go for it because of the amount of belts i want to say a clash 93 that is incorrect but i feel like we don't watch as many clashes that's why it was a gamble
0: I'll take a guess. Go, go we'll for see, another I match. See, I was thinking
2: that too, but I'm. I just have to ask: Is he wrong because he said the year and not the number of the show? <laughs> it is not a possible <laughs> check. Yeah, it's not, I figured okay. once. Yeah, I figured it wasn't a, like
1: yeah, I was like because I was
2: sitting in, in my brain. It was, it was like Clash twenty three. I would have asked for more information. Yeah, I guess I would have had
1: to pick a number, yeah. which I never would have got.
2: Then, yeah, I'll take the next one.
0: Okay, for two points. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, versus Barry Windham for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. What show was
2: that? That was... Was it a Starcade? I'm trying to think. Let's say Barry Windham and Ric Flair. What shows did you fight on? I don't think it was Starcade. I want to say it was something in the springtime, spring like Spring
0: Stampede
2: or something like that. But, fuck it, Super Brawl
0: 4. That is incorrect. Okay, Starcade 93? The last match was Masters of the Powerbomb of Big Van Vader and Sid Vicious with Harley Race and Colonel Robert Parker versus Sting and the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Beach Smith. Blast. Beach Blast nineteen ninety three. Yeah. yeah, I know it wasn't like I knew it was springtime ish.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, well, is the last match a war games? But you would think Ric Flair would be in a war games, but it's like <laughs> the heavyweight match isn't going on last.
0: Next week When Worlds Collide, nineteen ninety six. Hmm. E C W and Back in
1: Philly. Uh when the world that they're colliding with. Is all Japan?
0: I honestly don't have any clue why they called it this.
1: I think so. There's a good all Japan amount, a good amount of all Japan guys here, right? Like three of them. Is there? I I think so. (laughs) Doug Furness and Dan Crawford, or whatever. Um, I mean, I guess
0: there's a few there. Are they Um, all Japan guys? Okay. Yeah. They all came from all Japan. Yeah. There's there's three or four guys that are on the show. Doctor Death and Gordy. I mean, Doctor Death is
1: a I mean, all Japan guy mostly. That's where his career. Most was those guys had shown
0: up before. That's the only reason why it's yeah. kind of like. Yeah. Are they for all Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like but yes, I guess they do work there, but I they're guess not they there have right now. There yeah. Previously, I
1: guess. that's where they're famous from. Like Doug Vernon is famous true. for that. Doctor Death is famous for doing good work there, not as famous for his work in the
0: U.S. Music from this week's show is Firestorm, which is the opening of Nitro. And the Horsemen won our main event, so we play their theme music, Coast by Paul Reardon. Good music. And if you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, hey. Spot It, or wherever you find your podcasts at.
1: We got that Joe Rogan deal, $100 million. Damn, Damn. fucking right.
0: <laughs> Are you holding out on me? No, I don't no, see of no no. That's.
2: That's how we got the coasters. Uh, <laughs> the magnets. Magnets. Co- <laughs> coasters are coming in next. week.
0: If you have any questions, comments, concerns, we're going to Philly next, right? That is right.
2: Uh, so going back to Philly, Motown, Philly, back again. When
0: worlds collide, mm-hmm. none, yeah. none. All, all, <laughs> all Japan yeah,
1: and uh, all Japan and and Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia
2: roll. I mean, Oklahoma meets Philadelphia. I, we got Dr. Uh, Death apparently on that show, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, we got the Okie-Philly connection. Yeah. If, uh, if you've ever been to Philly, if you have any knowledge of Philly foods, drinks, desserts, snacks, I don't know, something, hit us up on the, the old Twitterverse. Slide into our DMs. Give us a shout-out, something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll send you a magnet. Who knows? Who knows? Possibilities out there, folks. But, yeah, we're, we're going to Philly, so, you know, that's always my... Fuck, it's becoming a kryptonite. I can't wait until ECDOV goes other places. <laughs> it's <a little> weird. <laughs>
1: well, sometimes you go to Queens.
2: True.
0: If you have any of those things, you can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling, H-I-S-T-O-X. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Later.